Hey folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast. On this week's show, guys, we got a lot of fishing to talk with everybody. We're going to talk local level fishing as well as national level fishing. We'll start out the show by talking about a recent trip that we took this past weekend to a new body of water. We'll fill you in on what we caught, what we caught them on, in case you're looking to get out on the water for a fun trip with the family in the next week or so. Then we're going to be talking national fishing. We're breaking down the Bassmaster Elite Series that just wrapped up on Pickwick Lake up in Florence, Alabama. We'll fill everybody in on how our Louisiana anglers that participated in that tournament did, how they stacked up to the competition, as well as talk about the guy who won the whole tournament on a personal level that we have some experience with. To close out the show, we'll be talking about one of our great sponsors that you guys hear us talk about on the show on a weekly basis. We'll tell you who that is and much more on this week's podcast episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. So let's go. Hey everybody, what is going on? Welcome to another episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast. Welcome in. I'm your host, Jacob Robery, and as always, I would like to tell you all thank you very much for tuning in to a new show with us. If you're tuning in for the first time, we would just like to say welcome aboard. Chances are you enjoy the outdoors as much as we do, which is why you clicked on our podcast to stream and listen to, and we hope you enjoy your time with us and we'll have you back for future episodes. But as mentioned in the opening segment, guys, we have a lot of fishing to talk about this week. So we're going to go ahead and get down to it. Uh, We have some reports for you on a trip that we took this past weekend. We're also going to be talking national headlines with the Bassmaster Elite Series, as well as a a local company that I want to focus on and spotlight this week is a company that we talk about on a weekly basis. So we'll get to that later in the show and tell you guys exactly who that is and how you could get in touch with them because they make some phenomenal products that I think a lot of you would love to use if you're not already using them. But I really wanted to open up the show this week, guys. I've been recently turned on to a story about a, a young man here in our great state of Louisiana. Um, I was I was you know not aware of his story, his particular story, and they have an upcoming event that is going to be held for him. And this young man, he um, when I say a young man, he's he's really just a child. Um, he's a young young boy by the name of Jake Meerman. And those of you who have not heard Jake's story, which a lot of his story has been going around social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, I was contacted by a friend of his family over the last couple of weeks and, you know, kind of informed of what was going on, that they were looking to hold an event. And Jake's story is really one of those stories that is near and dear to my heart personally. Um, Jake is, you know, He's, he's a he's a very young boy. He's right in that two to three year age group. And his family had the unfortunate news of finding out that Jake was diagnosed with a form of leukemia um, over the last several months. And if you're a parent, it automatically intrigues you to kind of tune in and listen to a story when you hear those type of headlines. You know, uh, you know before I had kids, you hear those stories out there. And it's, it's something that you definitely listen to and you want to hear somebody's story. But you can't relate like you can when you're a parent and you have children of your own, in my opinion, on, you know, on that situation. And Jake's story, you know, having two young boys myself, you know, Jackson, who's 11, Hudson, who's six years old. Um, I cannot imagine 
you know, getting that, that, that news that Jake's family received whenever he wasn't, you know, feeling well, um, basically that's, that's how it started out. He just wasn't feeling well. He was running a fever and he went in, um, you know, they had got to the point where they had to bring him into the hospital and they ran tests on, on Jake and they, you know, basically and ultimately what happened was the news that came back after several tests is that, you know, he had a form of leukemia that, that was pretty aggressive and that they were going to have to, you know, battle in the, in the coming months and coming years. Um, so, you know, if, if you haven't heard Jake's story, um, all you got to do is get on social media, guys. Um, it is a very, it's a very intriguing story. Um, his parents have a Facebook page. If you just go on Facebook on social media, um, and you type in hashtag Jake strong, um, it'll pull up the page. I invite all of you to go to his page, read this, their story, because like I said, as a parent, I can only imagine what they're going through. I cannot relate to what his parents are going through and just how strong they have to be to fight the battle that they're going through with their young son. And on top of that, Jake has siblings, you know, his siblings, he has young, you know, older siblings, um, that are also in this battle for their brother's life. Um, you know, and they're going through an experience that they've never had to be uh, a part of before or never asked to be a part of. And you can only imagine what they're going through being his older sisters, you know, um, I just, I can't even, you know, words can't even describe what they must be going through. But the point of me bringing up Jake's story, which like I said, is very intriguing. And it's something that hits home here with us here in Louisiana is that on Saturday, April 24th, 2021 from 11 a.m. till whenever it ends um, at Jules Nunez Seafood Pavilion in Lafitte, Louisiana, which is where Jake's family is from, the Merriman family is from, they're going to be holding a benefit on the bayou, which is what they're titling it for young Jake and to raise money for his treatment and his cancer treatment and medical bills. Um, and it, all public is invited. So if anybody who listens to our show is in the area, like I said, you could contact us through our social media page. You could go to, um, you know, Facebook, social media, and just type in hashtag Jake Strong, which is J-A-K-E-S-T-R-O-N-G, and it'll bring you right to everything you need to know as far as the event that's coming up. But it's going to be held in his hometown of Lafitte, Louisiana. Great people down in Lafitte. I promise you this event is going to pass a good time. They're going to have silent and live auctions. They'll have a 50-50 raffle, parade of prizes. Um, they'll have food, beverages, uh, beer, you know, everything to have a good time. They have live music that's scheduled to, to go on during the event. They also have a car show that's scheduled to go on on the event and a, a cornhole tournament. So those of you who love playing cornhole, they have a cornhole tournament. There's a bow fishing tournament. Um, that's going on at sundown. So a lot of great activities that are planned for this event benefit on the bayou for Jake Meerman and his family to raise money for, for Jake and his battle against this awful disease that has, uh, you know, come upon his, his family. So, um, if you're in the area, I highly encourage you all to, to maybe go out, participate. We're even going to try to make it down there that weekend and see if we can't maybe, uh, participate in it. 
Um, I do thank the gentleman who approached us and told us Jake's story. We, we were really intrigued by it, like I mentioned earlier. Um, and I find myself, guys, every day tuning into his social media page because his mother gets on there, his father gets on there, and they post an update every day on what's going on with Jake. And this young man is going through a battle for his life. Make no mistake about it. Um, and this little boy is such an inspiration to me. Um, as, as a grown-up, he's an inspiration to me. Um, as a person, he's an inspiration to me. As a father with my sons, my wife, I, I told her, and I, I, she read into the story, um, into Jake's story. And just, I mean, we, now we find ourselves tuning in every day just to get an update on how he's doing uh, and to see what he's going through on a daily basis. It, it's, it's really, that's where the power of social media can play such a positive effect in people's lives is, you know, somebody that I never personally met in my life has touched me and my family in such a deep way that we now find ourselves following up with him every day, just like we know him personally. Um, you know, I feel like I've got to know his, his story and his family's story. And I, it, it just inspires me every day to kind of follow up with him and see how he's doing. And, uh, you know, he's going through a lot of medical treatments. He's been, you know, all over the place running tests and, you know, taking, you know, chemo and that type of stuff. And this little boy is just such an innocent young little boy that, you know, he enjoys playing with, you know, toys and he enjoys riding his bike and doing the normal stuff that all of us with kids, our young kids, we take for granted on a daily basis. So it really opens my eyes as a parent, you know, to, to not take things for granted and, you know, events, it's just funny how events in our lives open our eyes to that stuff and kind of just remind us, you know, not to take life for granted, not to take your children for granted, um, and, and just enjoy every day, count it as a blessing, um, you know, just the time that you have with your family, just enjoy that time with your family and never take it for granted, guys. You know, I know you hear people say that. It becomes a cliche over time, but it's just, it's the truth. It really is the truth. And this story of young Jake, you know, Mirman has just, uh, you know, opened my eyes and reminded me and my family, as I'm sure it has with many of you who know his story, uh, to do the same with your families, you know. So we're going to continue praying for you, Jake. I promise you we are 100% behind you. Um, we're praying for you, buddy. We are. We're praying for your family. Um and guys, I just want you to, to, you know, take the time, look his story up on social media. If you don't mind, those of you who listen to the show on a normal basis with us, we, you know, we invite you to go to his page, give him a like, follow his story. Um, they have a GoFundMe um, account set up for Jake to help raise uh, some money for the medical bills that his family's experiencing. And it's a phenomenal the amount and the turnout of people that have already contributed to it. We invite you guys, our listeners, to do the same. If you if you uh, want to help out the family, the Mirman family, get click on the, the GoFundMe page that they have the link to on their social media Facebook page, and you can donate as little as you want or as much as you want. Any you know any contribution helps, guys. So I wanted to open up the show this week talking about that tell you a little bit about Jake, uh, about his story and the event that they have going on here in Lafitte, Louisiana on April 24th. So if you're in the area, like I mentioned, maybe think about attending it because um, it's sure going to be a great event and it's going to go to a great call. So um, 
But like I said, we are praying for you, buddy, and we will continue to do that for you and your family. That's the least we could do and everybody could do. But guys, like I said, I hope all of y'all are doing really well. I hope you're having a good week. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on right now in the fishing industry uh, all across the country. But in Louisiana right now, we told you guys that we were going to share uh, a story about a trip that we took recently this past weekend before all this rain hit here in Louisiana. It's been raining nonstop all week. We had a big storm front uh, system move into to Louisiana this week and pretty much all the way since uh, Tuesday, we've been getting rain all week long. It's, it's really jacking up the fisheries. I promise you it's not going to help us out any. But you know what? That's Mother Nature's way of kind of cleansing everything and getting getting her uh, her seasonal changes we normally experience at this time of year. But we did take a trip out, like I, I've been mentioning to you guys that tune in on a weekly, uh, you know, for the on a weekly basis for the show. We try to give you guys an up to date report, at least a weekly report, if we're able to take a trip out. And those of you who have been tuning in, you know that we've been going to uh, Lake Verrett quite a bit lately. We've been doing quite a bit of sockele fishing, or for those of you who don't know what sockele are, uh, white perch or crappie fishing. So we've been doing a lot of pan fishing, not as much bass fishing, and uh, having a lot of success, to be honest with you. We made some really good trips over the last month. Uh, we're now in the heart of the spawn, or even coming to pre-spawn, or I'm sorry, post-spawn, not pre-spawn, but post-spawn conditions here in South Louisiana. Um, those of you in the middle part to upper part, northern part of Louisiana, you're in that, that, that spawn stage right now. A lot of um, areas that are in the middle part of the state, central Louisiana and north Louisiana, you're, um, you're either in the middle of the spawn or you might even be coming to an end as well. But this past week, we were off on Sunday, um, wanted to take a trip out somewhere different, wanted to kind of change up the scenery. So the boys asked the boys if they wanted to go out this week. They actually had some stuff going on with some friends. So uh, Amy and I got the rare opportunity to go out by ourselves, do some fishing this weekend on Sunday. And uh, we took a trip over to Plaquemine, Louisiana. Um, it, the area that they termed Jack Miller's Landing is where we put in at. And we fished all the Jack Miller's area this past Sunday. And I have to tell y'all guys, whenever we got there, I, it absolutely, I, you know, I, say, I know I say this pretty regularly, but, it, you know, I'm in the marine industry. I sell boats for a living. I kind of know where we are right now in the boating industry where people are, are buying boats to get out on the water with their family uh, like never before. Um, and it's very hard to find new boats that, you know, right now. So I can tell you that when we got to Jack Miller's land and there's about 200 to 250 boats, it seemed like that were launched there. Um, and, you know, we got there kind of late because we had to get the boys situated on Sunday morning, had some stuff that we had to do. So we didn't get there till about, uh, you know, 11 o'clock, maybe 1130 sometime in that time frame, which is a late start, you know. For most of us most usually we're up at you know crack at dawn we try to get there for daylight we go out and do some fishing but we couldn't do that sunday we get there about 11 11 30 and the parking lot was insane full with people out fishing um you know the weather was pretty good it was warm um when we had a, we had a little bit of cold weather come through last week but it wasn't too cold um so it was nice to go out it was a pretty day to go fishing we had, we had a nice sunny day um, and the fish have been biting, obviously. We hadn't got any reports in that area, but in the past, I enjoyed fishing that area because it reminds me a lot of the Chafalaya Basin Spillway. But 
without you know having to worry about the tidal influence and the water coming up because if you look at the spillway right now on the spillway side the Chafalaya basin spillway side right now the water's on a steady rise it has been now for about two to three weeks um when i looked at the gauge i was thinking about maybe making a trip down to bayou pigeon or bayou sorrel um and when i looked at the gauge it had come up over a foot and a half at least from the previous weekend when i had checked it so i don't typically like to fish the spillway on the uh you know on the spill what we call the spillway side when the water's four foot or above you know especially for soccer uh, because it, it gets really hard the water pushes back into the woods and you can't really get to those fish that are trying to spawn or finish spawning um, so what you know in the past what i've done is when the water you know gets up and starts rising we'll move across the levee system which is where you have jack miller's landing you know so all that area on the other side of the chaffalaya basin spillway levee that water tends to not be affected nearly as much as it does on the spillway side with the rising water or the dropping water. It, stay, it tends to stay a lot more, uh, you know, normal level or at least somewhat consistent to where you can go and you can catch fish. Um, you know, in years past when I fished bass tournaments and, and they were based out of the, the spillway side, um, if I knew that the water was up and it wasn't really, you know, prime conditions to do some bass fishing, I would lock through and I would go to the other side of the levee and I'd fish the Jack Miller side. So when we got there on uh, on Sunday and saw all those boats that were there, I knew, I said, I told my wife, I said, hey, I said, they gotta be catching fish. Um, you know, you normally see a lot of boats this time of year, don't get me wrong, but to see the amount of boats that we saw that were there, there wasn't a parking spot available. There were guys that were parking on the highway. And if you've been to Jack Miller's Landing, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, this was like a, um, you know, it looked like they were having a huge tournament that was out of that landing. Um, and it's just a small landing guys. It, it, it's not a real big landing. So when I saw those, those boats there, I knew I said, Hey, they gotta be catching fish right now. Uh, must be pretty good. But like I said, I hadn't had any reports. Nobody turned me on to anything over there. Just kind of made a trip in the blonde, went out, me and Amy went out and did some fishing. So, you know, normally typical spawn, you know, post spawn, these fish are in dead end canals this time of year went out pulled up on my mapping on, on my gps and on my phone um went out kind of looked at the mapping and something that i've been using a lot of a lot of lately in the last month or so um those of you who aren't familiar with navionics uh, you know most of you if you are fishermen you are somewhat familiar you've heard of navionics mapping uh whether you use the map chips uh, in your GPS units or whatever it may be. Well, Navionics was actually sold this past year. Gorman, which is a, a large company out there, a lot of you are familiar with Gorman. Um, they purchased Navionics, the rights to Navionics, and uh, they they went ahead and they made some updates to the existing Navionics maps that were out there. But if you don't have a, a high-dollar GPS system, or you don't have, you know, any advanced mapping on your GPS system. Maybe you have one that don't, you know, have real good mapping on it. Um, there's two options you have. And the map card, which I mentioned, is one. But when you're looking at, you know, buying a Navionics map card, you're going to spend a minimum of about 200 bucks on a map card for a unit that you've already spent hundreds of dollars on. So if you don't want to spend that, that $200, they offer a mobile version of the Navionics app. And I've been using this thing religiously over the last month. 
Um, basically what it is, is if you have, you know, any kind of smartphone, whether it's an Apple iPhone or an Android phone, you can go to the app store, download the Navionics app and, uh, and it'll give you a subscription for one year, or I think you could buy it multiple years if you want to. But what I did is I went ahead, I looked at some of the sample, you know, uh, mapping that they had in the app and I was pretty impressed with it guys. I have to admit it's as high you know high tech as some of the, the 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 most you know expensive gps and chart plotters that are out there they even have shading you know that's built into the mapping to where you could definitely separate what's water versus what's land it's way more advanced than it used to be i had the navionics and i used the navionics mapping on my mobile phone years ago but now it's it's been improved quite a bit and and it's a it's a great product in my opinion i've been using it now for a month um, a one-year subscription cost me forty, or I'm sorry, forty. Cost me fourteen ninety-nine for the entire year, and you have access to all the features that come with that plan. Um, you can see satellite imagery. You can, um, you know, download maps if you know you're going to an area that they don't particularly have good cell phone service, and you're worried about being able to access your maps. Then you can download a specific area before you get to that lake and it'll have all your mapping pulled up for you you can look at aerial imagery you can look at shading as far as you know high definition mapping as far as what's water versus land um they have you know uh contour lines if you're in an area and you want to know how deep it is they'll have all that stuff loaded into this app for 14.99 for a, a one-year subscription so it's really in my opinion it's a no-brainer even if you have mapping on your boat it's a great alternative to have as a backup just in case something goes down. If you're a tournament angler, hell, man, you, as a backup, you can't go wrong with it for 15 bucks for the entire year. So I've been using that quite a bit. So I used it this weekend. Again, when we got to Jack Mills, I kind of pulled it up. I looked at, you know, some of these dead-end canals I wanted to hit. And that's what we did. We started, we started going to the areas that were dead-end canals. We got, um, you know, this time of year, I typically try to, I'll bypass the front of these canal systems and I'll go straight to the back or I'll start in the middle and work my way to the back. So we did that. Um, we, we probably hit one or two canals and didn't pick up a bite. I have to be honest with you. We didn't get a bite. So what, you know, I went ahead, I, I looked at the next one I wanted to hit. We went to that one. Um, I went ahead and went to the back of it, started in the back this time. And there was a, uh, a natural, you know, slew that was running out of the woods with three big cypress trees. So that's always a good thing for those of you who fish the Chaffalot Basin. You know that sloughs are the ticket most of the time, especially when you catch running water moving in or out of them. Um, that's always a good thing for the fish to stage up in these sloughs. Um, so I pulled up to this slough, three big cypress trees. I went ahead, I made a cast. First cast, guys, I popped my cork and boom, it jumps. Set the hook, catch a small sackler. I looked at Amy, I said, okay, well, that's a good sign. Let me cast back, there might be another one. So I tip my jig with my crappie niblet, put a new one on, throw it back in the tree, make a pop, make a pop, boom, stop a jump, set the hook, and a big, big female, I catch second, second cast on that tree. So I looked at her, I said, okay, well, it looks like they are stacked up on a cypress tree from what I could tell off of those two bites. So I cast it a little bit off, in the slough to see if maybe they had some that were just swimming around maybe not all tight on cover didn't get a bite cast it back to the cypress tree got her close to it she cast in she pops it cork jumps 
bam, catch another one. I catch another one. So we kind of had it figured out, or so we thought. So we, we go a few more casts, don't get any bites, and we continue to move down the bank, uh, kind of focusing in and keying in on cypress trees at that point because that has been the pattern that we've been catching them on in the Lake Verret area for the last month, um, at least over the last couple of trips that we took. So we kind of meander our way through the, through the dead end, all the way to the back of the dead end canal, hitting cypress trees. And what was funny is that you would pick one up on a, one cypress tree, you might hit three or four more after that. You don't get a bite on it. She wouldn't get a bite. We were just picking them up kind of spread out. So we did catch a couple of brim. We started noticing that we were picking up some chickapin, which is the red ear, uh, you know, perch that, that come out and bed up at this time of year going into April. Um, so we did notice that we were starting to pick up some chickapin. Um, we were still shallow, guys. So we were fishing shallow. We, we I went deep, tried deeper, didn't get any bites, went back shallow picked up a couple of more so you know it wasn't like it was just on fire but we were kind of mimicking the same pattern that we told you guys about that we had been catching them on in lake verrett so shallow foot and a half under a cork is what they wanted um we pick up a couple of uh brim you know with the saccolate that we were catching but it wasn't on every tree they, they were spread out i have to say that um we did pick up you know several males so that tells me that over the last couple of weeks We've been catching a lot of male sacale when we do catch them, um, which is telling me that the spawn is probably nearing an end here in South Louisiana. Um, but we were able to still pick up a few females, big females, that had eggs in them. So, you know, when it comes to the spawn, they can't all spawn at once. There's different waves that you go through when they spawn it. So you're going to continue. That's why you'll see maybe a month or a month and a half. You know, um, of where you'll still be catching those females that have eggs in them when you clean them. We, we have a full moon that's going to be coming up this month, you know, again. And I think that the spawn will continue somewhat, in my opinion, up until this next full moon probably. So I think the action is going to pick up again as we get closer to the next full moon. And then you'll probably see it kind of taper off into that summer pattern for the saccolae and for your, uh, your brim are going to start moving up. They'll probably start getting ready to do their thing also right around this next full moon that we're going to have. And you'll start being able to pick those big those big bull brim and those chickapin, all your panfish uh, in the brim category. You'll be able to pick those off pretty well. They'll be bedding up pretty heavily probably coming up here in the next several weeks if they're not already doing it in your area. So what we did, guys, we ended up rounding out the day. We, we brought home 22 that we kept this week. Uh, they were a little bit smaller on the smaller side than they had been. But like I said, we had some sporadic females, good sized females that were uh, mixed into our, our batch of fish that we uh, that we put together and we were able to bring home. So we did take a couple of photos of it. Um, if you go to our Facebook page that we had this past week, we posted a photo of the, a couple of fish that we caught. You'll see in the background kind of what we were fishing, the area we were fishing. Uh, but basically what we were doing was we went out of Jack Miller's and we started hitting all those dead end cuts um, as you head back towards the levee. So nothing nothing that's you know out of the ordinary, but I can tell you guys that we were still catching them shallow. I talked to a couple of other anglers on the water that had told me that they had fished the last couple of days and that on Friday, the Friday before we got to get, get out there on Sunday, that they had really been biting well. They were catching them on shiners, a lot of those guys, on the uh, cypress trees and on the treetops, the, the laydowns. 
Um, so they were catching them on shiners. I can tell you that. But what we had our success on this past weekend, we actually uh, tried our triple tail curl tail jigs that we had been catching them on in Lake Verrett. Didn't didn't get too many bites on that. Went back to a uh, to a Blake Benoit or Benoit Performance Bait grass shrimp, guys. That's what I caught them on this past week. Uh, Blake sent us some some uh, pink grass shrimp out about a month and a half ago that we had ordered from him. Placed an order. I had heard a lot about these grass shrimp that he had. And, uh, and I had had some success on a trip in the Bayou Corn area about a month and a half on those. Um, so I went back to the grass shrimp. I figured with the brim, you know, starting to bed up, the grass shrimp would be something that we might be able to catch them on. Targeted those trees with that grass shrimp from Benoit Performance Baits in the pink color. I don't know exactly the official color Blake calls it, but it's a pink grass shrimp is what it was. And that's what me and Amy caught our, our box of Saucerlay on this week. So, um, so yeah, check those out. And we'll talk a little bit about that later in the show, uh, where you can get those at. But that's what worked for us, a foot and a half on the cork. So we were, like I mentioned, we had another good trip. We've been very blessed over the last month and a half uh, to really put some good successful trips together, especially only having one day to fish on Sunday. You know, I really have to make it count when I can go. And, you know, I've been very blessed. We've, we've been able to catch some fish this month. So we've definitely filling up the uh, the freezer at home with some fillets. Um, we've been able to eat some fish on Fridays now since it's Lenten season here in Louisiana. Um, you know, growing up Catholic, we don't eat a whole lot of meat on Fridays. So we gotta we got to uh, fill our freezers with fish and, you know, crawfish and all, uh, all the delicacies delicacies that we have here in louisiana we're very blessed and that's what we've been doing so but yeah if you want to make a trip out guys jack miller's like i said there's been some good reports i got while i was on the water out there um now with all the rain that we got this week it's definitely going to change things up quite a bit i'm sure the water levels probably came up quite a bit i'm sure a lot of the water got muddied up this week with all this water that we've been getting this fresh water but if I were making a trip out this weekend, which we probably will go somewhere this weekend, uh, we may go back there. I'm not sure. But if I was heading to that area this weekend, guys, I would definitely focus on your dead-end cuts. Uh, when you leave Jack Miller's Landing, look at your mapping. Uh, download your Navionics app like I told you guys about. You'll see it all on there on your smartphone. Focus on those dead-end cuts. I would definitely go to the back of the cuts because that's probably where you're going to find your cleanest water. Um, and the water we were catching in, uh, catching them in wasn't super, you know, clear water. It was that stained water that you want to find. You know, it's not a muddy water, but it's not a super clear water either. It's, it's, it's just a stained color to it. Uh, focus on those cypress trees. I think you'll still be able to catch some of those spawning, uh, those spawning fish off of those cypress trees. Um, and you could probably put together a good box of fish, guys. So hopefully this information that we uh, we got to share with you this week is going to help you all make a successful trip. And like I mentioned, the brim, I think it's only going to get better with the brim fishing. If you want to take the kids out to do some fishing, pick you up some crickets, pick you up some night crawlers, go out to Jack Miller's Landing over there in Plaquemine, Louisiana, and I think you'll be able to have the kids entertained. Get them away from those iPads. Get them away from the video games. Put together a box of fish, and uh, and y'all have a fish fry outdoors at home. You're going to have a good time with the family. So it's a good thing for everybody. 
So guys, when we get back, we're gonna kind of shift gears. I do have an announcement, another announcement I wanna share that, of a tournament, a benefit tournament that's coming up with you guys when we get back in from the break. And then we're gonna switch gears and we're gonna talk national fishing, guys, Bassmaster Elite Series. We're gonna give you our takes on everything that went down on Pickwick and a lot more on this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. Y'all stay tuned. All right, everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Robery, and before the break, we were talking about local fishing action, where you need to go to make a successful fishing trip with the family. If you're looking to get out and do some fishing with the family and have fun with the kiddos, you're going to want to go back and listen to what we talked about in segment one. We'll tell you where we went, what we caught them on, and where you could duplicate and do the same with your family. So, But yeah, guys, we've been talking a lot about fishing over the last month since hunting season ended. And at the beginning of the show, you heard me mention an event that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, with the event being held down in Lafitte, Louisiana for our young buddy, Mr. Jake Meerman, uh, who's battling leukemia. Uh, but there's another event that's near and dear to my heart that is coming up very shortly. Actually, it's coming up uh, much sooner than um, than I than I was aware of, to be honest with you. But um, you know, my alma mater, LSU, down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, the old LSU Fighting Tigers. Um, I'm a graduate of LSU, guys, and I wish that when I was in college, we would have had a fishing team like they do now. Those guys. Don't know how lucky they are. I probably would have flunked out of school completely if they would have had a fishing team. But, uh, but you know, some of my, my good friends, whenever, you know, they started up and had the idea to get together and start a fishing team over at LSU, um, we were involved with those guys. I owned a bait company and a tackle company at that time, and I got involved with the college fishing when it was kind of first kicking off and uh, really made some, some good friends, lifelong friends. Um, that I got to know through my tackle company and through the collegiate fishing level. Uh, guys like Jordan Lee, who's now to see where he's come on the uh, Major League Fishing Circuit. J- I actually met Jordan years ago um, when the college fishing first kicked off. Him and his brother, uh, Matt Lee, and his angler co-angler at the time, or partner at the time, uh, Shane Powell, were fishing for Auburn. Uh, we had a good friend of mine, Travis Laurent, which we've had on the show before, uh, him and several other guys that were fishing here at LSU, um, they were out there doing their thing, getting this whole college thing off the ground, and it has grown into an absolute uh, beast of a sport. The college and now the high school fishing, and I'm a big, I'm a big follower of it. I, I love what those guys are doing, and uh, and you know, coming up this weekend, March 27th, uh, last weekend in March, the LSU fishing team is holding their fourth annual LSU Bass Fishing Team Benefit Tournament that's going to be held out of Duarnall's Landing down in Morgan City, Louisiana, or Stevensville, Louisiana. Uh, Most of you who are from Louisiana, you have heard of Duarnall's. You guys know exactly where that's at. Uh, But, yeah, they're going to have their fourth annual tournament this weekend coming up uh, out of Duarnall's. You're looking at a $100 entry fee, guys, very affordable to get into and what it's doing is they're holding this tournament to raise money for their bass fishing club over at LSU Um, and these young men they they need your support guys so I highly recommend going out there this weekend if you're off you're looking to jump into a tournament this weekend you know give them a call I'll give you the contact information 
but it is going to be a thousand dollar payout for first place and uh that is based off of 50 boat entries which i have a feeling those guys will have no problem hitting guys um, they have a side pot for big bass that's also going to be going on and they're going to fish from safe light until 3 p.m on saturday guys so you know fight uh, it's going to be a flight takeoff format with the tournament this weekend so it's t normal takeoff like a lot of your tournaments around here being held usually use um, and you can contact if you're interested in signing up for the tournament this weekend guys you can contact connor turner at 225-931-0470 that's once again that number and contact us connor turner at 225-931-0470 get in touch with connor uh, if you're interested in fishing the tournament this weekend, it's not too late, guys. It's going to a great cause. You're supporting our, our fishing club for LSU fishing here at LSU Baton Rouge. Um, and it's going to it's gonna be a lot of fun, guys. They got Bergeron's Cajun Meats. Bergeron's is going to pro be providing pastalaya and a lot more this weekend over at Duaron's down in Stevensville, Louisiana, or right next to Morgan City. So it'll be a great event, guys, if you're looking to hop in. Get in, give them a call, sign up for it. A hundred bucks a team, go out there and go fishing. And uh, who knows, you might you might end up cashing a check this weekend. And if not, it's going to a great cause. You really can't go wrong. So I wanted to tell you guys about that, uh, you know, event going on this weekend. So some of you may be interested in it. But guys, switching gears, we're going to be talking national fishing now. There, you know, a lot of us follow national fishing whether it's the Bassmaster Elite Series or Major League Fishing or a lot of us follow both of them if you're just a fan of fishing you probably follow both circuits but this past week we had the Bassmaster Elite Series tournament that just wrapped up it actually got delayed a couple of days um, it was held up in Florence Alabama which is the famous Pickwick Lake uh, Pickwick Lake is historic in the bass fishing uh, world you know been a phenomenal fishery for, for many many years and, uh, and the guys were down there competing this week uh, in the tournament. And just, man, I mean, you know, I'm one of those guys. I've mentioned this on, on previous episodes. I, I've, you know, with all the changes that have gone on on the national level, professional level, I still find myself being that old school Bassmaster diehard follow guy, man. I just love Bassmaster. I've all, you know, since I've been a little boy, and I've mentioned this before, that I used to, you know, subscribe to Bassmaster Magazine, which I still do. I'm a lifetime member of Bass Organization. Um, and I've always, you know, I've always followed it because it's what I grew up on. And, you know, there was a big shift in the industry a couple of years ago where a lot of you know that a lot of big-time anglers, you know, when the new circuit came up with Major League Fishing and the, uh, the, uh, the tour that they have now available, a lot of guys went over to Major League Fishing. They started fishing, and they had... Um, you know, many of their own personal reasons to do that. And that is just fine, in my opinion. You know, whatever betters a man, you cannot hold him down for that. But at the same time, I still find myself being a little partial to the to the Bassmaster, the format, the five fish, five biggest fish uh, format. You know, I just I just like the old school way of doing it. That's just my, my personal take on it, you know. But, uh, you know, Pickwick Lake, like I mentioned, that's where this event was held at. Um, we had a lot of Louisiana guys in this tournament, man. I mean, if you haven't been following, um, you know, the professional fishing, then this is probably one of the greatest times in history for us as Louisiana anglers 
uh, and, and to be proud of our Louisiana anglers that are competing on the professional level. Not only do we have guys with Bassmaster right now, a lot of local guys, guys that I know that live right in my backyard here in uh, Gonzales, Louisiana. Uh, guys like Greg Hackney, uh, Derek Hudnall from Baton Rouge right down the road, Tyler Ravette, you know, Morgan City in that area. Um, you know, Quinn Capo, another guy from Ascension Parish right here, right in my backyard. Um, you know, there's just a lot of guys that are fishing both circuits from the Bassmaster Elite Series and guys that are also fishing Major League Fishing. You know, Gerald Sporier, who's this week as we're recording this show, Gerald won his, uh, his elimination round um, on the MLF tournament that they got going on on Sam Rayburn right now. Um, you know, you have... Um, you know, just a lot of good anglers that are born and bred right here in Louisiana that are fishing on the national level, more than we've probably ever had in the history of professional bass fishing. And in my opinion, it is a, it is a great thing for them and for our state to be able to promote our state uh, because you see those sponsors on their boats. You see those Louisiana logos. Uh, my good friend Cliff Crochet, who fishes MLF, Cliff had a phenomenal uh, day this week on the MLF tournament going on on Sam Rayburn. You know, you look at Cliff's, Cliff's boat, he has the Louisiana state flag on there. He has Louisiana logos that the Amer- to go along with the American flag. You know, so our state gets a lot of great promotion from these professional anglers that are out there traveling across the country, doing their thing, uh, trying to make a career out of it and, and support their families and further their careers. But at the same time, they're supporting all their great sponsors that they work with and supporting their states that, that they come from and where they, they live at and make their residency. So, you know, going back to this week, guys, you know, we didn't have a guy from Louisiana on Pickwick that won the tournament, but we had some guys that cashed some checks, you know. Um, you know, it was held, like I mentioned, down in, uh, you know, Florence, Alabama. It's where Pickwick is located at. And, uh, you know, we had Tyler Rivette. I mentioned Tyler's name a second ago. Tyler Rivette, he finished six guys this week down on Pickwick. That's his first top ten finish that he's had since joining the Bassmaster Elite Series. Um, he was able to cash a check for $19,000. So a really good showing. Tyler's best showing that he's had on the on the series since he's joined. So hats off to you, Tyler. If you, if you get word of, you know, or you happen to tune in, that we talked about you on the show, man. We're super proud of you. Um, you know, seem to be a great guy and uh, very proud that you uh, represented Louisiana very well this week as well as your family and yourself down on Pickwick Lake. Uh, another guy I haven't mentioned, Caleb Summerall. Caleb, you know, he, he resides from the Lafayette area, Acadiana area, uh, which is where I grew up at. Uh, he finished 15th this week in the tournament on Pickwick, guys. Brought home a check for $10,000. Hats off to you, Caleb. You did really well, man. Um, you know, just Louisiana showing out, I have to say. And Caleb's one of those guys that has been extremely consistent since he's joined the Bassmaster Elite Series. Um, he's had some really good turnouts, and he's one of those up-and-coming guys uh, like many of these guys. You know, none of these guys are, 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 are shabby by any means because they're doing what you and I would love to do. They're, they're living their dream. They're fishing professionally. And they're going out there and they're doing what they have to do to live the dream and to, to fish for a career and make it a career. So you cannot knock those guys. And I promise you, none of these guys are shabby when it comes to, to doing what they do. Um, you know, another local guy, I didn't mention his name yet, Robbie Latuso. 
um, right here from Gonzales, Louisiana. I, I, you know, I don't know Ro Robbie personally as a close friend, but I know him through the marine industry. Um, you know, being at Cabela's all those years, we worked with Robbie on some of his repairs that he did. I know his son, who's an up-and-coming guy who's not going to be very long uh, before he makes it over to the Bassmaster Elite Series, Logan Latusa. He's an absolute stud here locally in Louisiana and all across the, the United States in the tournaments that he has fished. He's an up-and-coming name that I can tell you guys it's not going to be long before he's fishing with his dad on the Bassmaster Elite Series. But Robbie had a very good turnout on Pickwick this week. He, uh, he finished in the top 50, and he ended up taking home a check for $10,000. So another Louisiana angler that had a, uh, had a really good show in down on Pickwick. Um, other anglers from Louisiana that had, you know, cash checks this week, guys, Greg Hackney, he's been doing it forever. He's one of those guys that is uh, one of the best in the sport, I have to say. Greg is a, is a great guy. Um, we actually leased some, uh, some hunting land from Greg several years ago um we did we hunted a deer lease he had some land that we leased from him and uh and just a great guy all around family man uh resides right here in gonzales louisiana once again in my backyard um and he had a good showing this week he ended up finishing right outside the top 50 in the 52nd position brought home a check for 2500 which i'm sure for greg that was a disappointment because of his consistency and success that he's had through the years. I mean, he's one of the elite guys in the sport. Uh, you know, a lot of guys, when you hear Greg Hackney, they talk about Greg Hackney. There is nothing but respect for Greg Hackney. He has a very loyal following of fans. Um, and quite an interesting story with Greg. You know, Greg was on the Bassmaster Elite Series for years. And when the uh, when the new tour came up with MLF a couple of years ago, um, he was a big a big supporter of the MLF. He was fishing, Major League Fishing, doing the uh, the show with them, and he was one of the pros that made a decision to leave the Bassmaster Elite Series and head over to Major League Fishing. Um, did that for a couple of years, and then for some reason decided that this year he was going to transition back over to the Bassmaster Elite Series. So um, that was a trend that you saw happen with a couple of anglers this past year. Um, big names in the industry too, guys that I was glad to see come back to Bassmaster. Um, you know, just because I think they missed that competition and that five fish limit, you know, format, the traditional format that I talked about earlier. I think those guys kind of had a drive to get back to that. And that's probably what ultimately drove them back to the, uh, the elite series, you know, to be honest. And you talking about guys like Hackney, you know, Brandon Polinick, who's an absolute phenom in the sport, you know. Um, you know, Gerald Swindle, one of my all-time favorite anglers, just an absolute stud when it comes to fishing, been doing it forever. Um, one of the funniest guys you'll ever see, you'll ever talk to if you ever get a chance to meet him in person. Uh, very entertaining. So guys like that, that you saw making that push back to the Elite Series. Uh, you know, another guy, Jason Christie. He, he went over to MLF to fish the last couple of seasons. And then this year, he went ahead and he transitioned back over to, to the Elite Series this year. So that you're talking about some absolute studs, that big names that are out there that made that transition back to the Elite Series this year, guys. And I don't know none of these guys on a personal level well enough to tell you what was in that decision-making process for them. All I know and what I have an assumption of is that those guys missed the traditional five limit you know tournament format they they kind of you know did something different 
for a couple of years just to see what was out there, maybe see kind of where it was heading, and then ultimately just maybe missed it, you know, and they wanted to go back and, and do what they loved, you know, and that was that was what was in their heart. Um, you know, a lot of these guys, it, it, it couldn't have been financial decisions because if you look at the, the, the perks of the MLF circuit versus what, you know, the Elite Series circuit offers, um, you know, out-of-pocket, just, just entry fees alone, uh, you know, the Elite Series is quite a bit more expensive than it was for MLF. You know, um, one of the big attractions to MLF with guys that I know, that I do know personally, like Cliff, um, you know, Cliff Crochet, is that, you know, they didn't have entry fees for the MLF tournament circuit. Um, so, you know, you can't blame a guy on that alone. You know, not having to come out of pocket with entry fees for the season, um, you know, that's a big perk. That's a plus for MLF. That's something that definitely sets them apart from what these guys were used to for many years. Um, and it's just, it's something that, you know, you cannot blame a guy uh, for trying to, you know, take the route that's more financially sound and stable for him in order to make a career and make a profession out of it, you know? So, you know, you look at guys that have come and gone over the years on the Elite Series, there has been some phenomenal anglers that have, you know, took a chance at it. They tried to go out. They tried to fish, you know, do it as a career, and it became too financially, too much of a financial burden, I guess I could say, um, to where they weren't able to maintain that status and, and make a career out of it. And I'm talking about guys that were really, really good fishermen that, that you know, if they would have had that financial backing, could have probably made it, and, but yet, you know, they, they just weren't set up in that situation. Um, so imagine not having entry fees, having to come up with, you know, whatever the entry fees were, $65,000 you know, uh, to fish for a year on just entry fees alone. Imagine if those guys now that that weren't able to hang around the elite series um, would have had that type of backing they may have been able to make a career out of it and done some things a little bit differently you know but it wasn't in the cards for them at the time um, you know but things have changed that's the great thing about having another circuit now in my opinion it gives guys um, that are very entertaining to us as as fans and as public fishermen um, an opportunity to see them for many more years whenever they may not have been able to stick around due to financial, you know, circumstances. Um, so I'm all for it. I think there's a place for both, both in the sport of fishing. It only grows the sport. Um, and, you know, like I said, you just look at us as a state, Louisiana, we have more guys now fishing professionally on boat circuits than we've ever had in the history of professional bass fishing. And that, in my opinion, is a great thing. That's a great thing for us. Um, you know, other guys, you know, Derek Hudnall, um, he's right here. I mentioned him earlier from Baton Rouge. Derek is a great guy. He's a super angler. I mean, this dude's doing it. He's making a career out of it. Um, down on Pickwick, he finished 71st this past week. Um, he did bring home a check for $2,500, but I promise you that's not, that's feeding his flame right now. Derek's one of those guys. He's a competitor, man. He wants to get at it. He wants to go out there and he wants to win every tournament as, you know, anybody who's fishing should want to do, uh, especially from a, a, a professional standpoint. Um, another name, you know, guy from here in North Louisiana that I did not talk about yet, Daryl Gleason. Daryl ended up finishing 80th this past week in, uh, in Pickwick. He, did, he wasn't able to cash a check, but he was able to put a back, a total weight of 16 pounds, 13 ounces together, guys. So, he, um, you know, even though it wasn't the outcome that Daryl wanted, 
he's one of those guys. He is he is an up and coming stud as well. Daryl's been cutting his teeth for years on Toledo Bend uh, and Sam Rayburn. He's one of those guys that if you've ever fished Toledo Bend or you've booked a fishing trip, Daryl, you know, has been a guide on Toledo Bend. He's been fishing Sam Rayburn, uh, and he's one of the best to do it. So um, I promise you it's only a matter of time before Daryl Gleason gets his chance and he ends up, uh, you know, being in, in the top ten and possibly winning one of these big tournaments, you know, that are on the Elite Series. So um, look for his name. I promise you he's an up-and-comer as well. Um, a guy who's been out there grinding his teeth, guys, over the last several years, he qualified through the collegiate ranks, Brett Pruitt uh, from North Louisiana, up around Monroe, Louisiana. Brett's been been doing his thing. Um, he's had some success on the Elite Series. Uh, he finished 87th this past week over on Pickwick. Uh, he had a, a total weight of 14 pounds, 13 ounces. Not a great turnout, but you know what? Every tournament is a learning experience, and I'm sure Brett had a learning experience this week uh, down on Pickwick, Louis, uh, Pickwick Lake uh, in Florence, Alabama. And another Acadiana boy, fellow K. John, man, Tyler Carrere. Tyler ended up finishing this week. He was the guy rounding out all our Louisiana anglers. Tyler finished 94th. On Pickwick, didn't seem like he was able to figure it out this week, uh, bringing in a total weight for his day's fish at 7 pounds, 8 ounces. Uh, but I promise you that's another guy that I, that you're going to hear about in uh, future events, guys. Tyler is a, is a phenomenal angler. Um, another just a great personality, great guy. I don't know him on a personal level, but from what I've seen and everything I've heard about him, I have friends <coughs> that do know him. And they have nothing but good things to say about him, guys. Um, so look for his name. I promise you he's going to be making a splash as well. But what I, another guy I wanted to talk about, guys, uh, and tell you a little bit about is the guy who actually won, won the Elite Series this week uh, down on Pickwick. And for those of you who followed the tournament, you know this name very well, Mr. Bill Lowen. Uh, Bill Lowen is a phenomenal guy that has been fishing the uh, the Bassmaster Elite Series. He's one of the OGs. He's one of the original guys. Um, and he he, is, he has been doing it for quite some time now on the Elite Series. Um, he, you know, when I saw that Bill was in contention this week down on Pickwick, <coughs> excuse me, I have to admit, I, I was really pulling for him. If it wasn't going to be one of the Louisiana guys this week, I was really pulling for Bill Lowen. Um, this guy is a guy that I met several years back when I was working for Cabela's. You know, the good thing and one of the cool things about working for the big box stores, um, you know, is that oftentimes when a tournament's in your area, these pros will come in, they'll do some, uh, you know, some demonstrations at the store, uh, because they have affiliations with big companies such as Cabela's and Bass Pro Shops. So they'll come into the stores when they're down in our areas, they might have, some sponsor product that they're they're going to rep in the store. And that was the situation with Bill Lowen when he came down to Gonzales, Louisiana several years ago when I was at Cabela's. I was actually the fishing manager at the time. I was on the retail side and I was doing uh you know I was I had got a notification saying that hey we're gonna have a couple of guys come into the store. Um they're gonna be fishing the Sabine River down on the uh the Orange Texas and uh, Louisiana border, and they're going to be passing through. They're going to come into the store, work the fishing department with some of your employees, and they're uh, they're going to do some of their sponsor demos. So I said, great. I said, who we got coming? They said, uh, Bill Lowen. And at the time, it was uh, 
it was Chris Lane, uh, which wasn't that long after Chris Lane had won the uh, the Bassmaster Classic on the Red River here in Louisiana. So I was pretty fired up. I knew both of those guys' names really well because they had been doing it a long time. And uh, and that day, whenever they came in, man, I have to admit, uh, both very professional as far as the way they handled themselves. But I really struck up, uh, 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 you know, kind of a connection with Bill Lowen. Got to uh, kind of pick his brain. He was he was picking my brain on kind of what we did uh, here in Louisiana as far as fishing tackle in the store. He wanted to kind of know what was, you know, kind of, he said, you know, Jacob, he said, every time we come down to Louisiana, he said, it's a real shallow water fishery. He said, I kind of cut my teeth on shallow water. Uh, you know, being from Indiana, he grew up river fishing, which is not a whole lot different than what we fish down here on the Chafalaya River, the Red River. Uh, you know, the Washita River, all of our, all of our fisheries tend to kind of feed off of the river systems that come through Louisiana. And he said, you know, we're really not that different, even though we're quite a, we grew up, you know, a good ways from each other. He said, a lot of our fishing's a lot, a lot of the same type of fishing. And he was just kind of picking my brain on, on, you know, areas that I fish down here. He had asked me if I had ever fished Catawachi, which, you know, they had had the classic down at uh, in New Orleans several years back where, you know, Catawachi came into play when Kevin Van Dam had won. And, uh, you know, he was asking me about the Chafalaya Basin, you know, what I knew, certain areas over there. And, and these guys, I guess, whenever they come to these areas, they'll kind of, you know, get with some of the local fishermen. They'll kind of pick their brains. It kind of just fills them in on some information, kind of what stage the fishery was in. He had asked me that, you know, were we catching? Had we had any hurricanes? that had affected the fisheries that we fished in the basin, that type of stuff. But not only that, not only did we talk just, per, you know, fishing, but we kind of we kind of got to know each other um, at the time on a personal level. I, I met his wife that day. He had his children with him. You know, they were traveling with him. And to this day, they still travel with him. You know, I saw them up on stage this week whenever Bill uh, ended up, you know, holding the trophy for the win on Pickwick this week. And if you look at that, guys, and if you followed the, the tournament this week, it was really an emotional and moving time for him and his family. You know, when I met him, you know, at Cabela's that day, I'm telling you guys about his children were younger, but now it's been several years. They're getting older. You know, he has a, his son is older. His daughter's, you know, now got to be in her teenage years. And his wife, um, like many of the wives that and, and girlfriends that, follow these anglers you know all around the country and travel with them and are these angler support systems you know they they kind of keep everything together i mean you could only imagine what a win like this was for bill and his wife and their children this week you know you look at bill lowen and you look at his career statistics he's been fishing the bassmaster elite series for 13 years now he, out of 13 years, Bill Lowen has made the Bassmaster Classic 10 times, guys. 10 times. He's had 148 top 10 finishes, and 116 times he's been in the money out of 159 tournaments that he's competed in. When you talk about consistency, that's consistent statistics and stats, guys. You know, you're in the money, you fish 159 tournaments in your professional career, and you're in the money 116 times, this man has been insanely consistent on being productive and cashing checks and making a career for himself and his family on the Bassmaster Elite Series. 
whenever the, the, the MLF circuit came up, you know, he was one of the guys, the OGs of the Bassmaster Elite Series that made that decision to stick and stay with the Bassmaster Elite Series. He didn't make the jump over to MLF. And just like the guys who made the jump over to MLF, I'm sure he had his reasons. Maybe it was loyalty. Maybe he, he has connections with the guys that run Bassmaster or run Bass, the organization. I have no clue when it comes to why he made the decision to stay. There were several guys that had been with Bassmaster for years that decided to stay with Bassmaster and not make the jump over to MLF. So those guys, just like the guys who did make the jump to MLF, I'm sure have their reasons. But you could just see when Bill and his family got up on stage this week, with all the consistency and all the success that Bill Lowen had had on the Bassmaster Elite Series since he started out on the Elite Series, you could just see the sigh of relief, the joy, the, the pain that they've been through, through the years, traveling probably across the country, kids being homeschooled, I'm sure, all the struggles that these guys go through, especially these family men on the circuit that have families that, you know, their wives and their children travel with them. It's not an easy lifestyle. It, there's no way it could be an easy lifestyle. Yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fame if you're successful. It's a lot of uh, you know, you think it's it's the perfect thing. We all think, hey, we, you know, if you love fishing growing up as a little boy, you want to grow up and be a professional fisherman, you know, but it's not an easy lifestyle by any means. And, you know, these, their sacrifices that these anglers go through and their families go through, and you could see the emotion on the Lowen family this weekend when they were on that stage. His son was crying. He was holding back tears. His daughter was holding back tears. His wife was crying. And you could see Bill doing his very best. It was like an over, you know, an over, something coming over him that was just joy, but also just a relief and, and probably just tears of joy, to be honest with you, that he was all experiencing at one time holding up that trophy as champion of, you know, the Bassmaster Elite Series that was wrapping up on Pickwick Lake. And, you know, I couldn't be more happier for somebody, um, you know, that I got to spend a little bit of time with and meet because, look, I'm just going to be honest. You know, I've met a lot of these guys through the years being in the, in the, in the fishing industry. Um, not all of these guys are, you know, what you expect, you know. Um, you know, and let me say that without being disrespectful, but, you know, you catch certain people and these guys probably get approached by a lot of people on a daily basis, you know, but not all of these guys are cut out to, to be the guys that you may think that they are these heroes and these guys that you would love to meet because you know, he's the nicest guy. There's a lot of them out there that aren't maybe nice guys, you know, but Bill Lowen was not that guy. He was genuine. I could tell you guys, there's a, you know, when you talk about a genuine person, I'm a salesperson. I read people for a living. And Bill Lowen was truly genuine, just a good guy, blue collar guy, family man. And he was, he was living his dream, you know, and he's still living his dream to this day. And his loyalty for staying with the Bassmaster Elite Series there is not a person on the Bassmaster Elite Series probably more deserving 
than Bill Lowe and, and the Lowen family that took home their first Bassmaster Elite Series victory this weekend or this week in Pickwick. So I cannot be more happy for you, Bill Lowen and the Lowen family. Congratulations on your success, on your win this week down in Pickwick. Um, it is well-deserved. Um, you have a beautiful family. You know, you have a lot to be thankful for. And I'm sure it's going to happen again. I really am. I know it took you a while to get the first one, but it's going to happen again. I promise you. I, I have that belief because good things happen to good people. And I believe it's going to happen again to you. So I just wanted to share with you guys that experience that I had personally with, you know, the Lowen family and Bill Lowen himself when I got an opportunity to meet him. Um, you know, like I said, not all the guys that are, are you know, portray or that you think would be somebody that you want to meet are going to be people that you meet want to meet again once you have the opportunity to meet them. Um, you know, just, you know, side story, guys, you know, Mike Iconelli, that's another guy that comes to mind. Um, you know, a lot of people either love or hate Mike Iconelli. You know, um, you know, I've always been a big fan of Mike Iconelli. Um, watching the Bassmaster Elite Series, watching him win the Classic in New Orleans, uh, for his first, you know, big major victory as a professional angler. Um, I've always been fascinated by how passionate he was about the sport. But I heard, you know, things and stories like we all hear that follow the sport that, oh, he's an asshole. You know, he's not a he's not a cool guy to meet. Or, oh, you know, he's too much. He's too cocky. He's out there. Um, you know, he, he, he hollers. You know, nobody, there's no place in the sport for somebody who catches the fish and is hollering like that and doing all that stuff. But, but you know what, guys? I like a guy who's kind of edgy and wears his emotions on his sleeve like that. And as a professional, these guys have to know when to scale it back and when to let it loose. You know, like any of us who go to our job on a daily basis, you have to know when to kind of let it out and when to hold it back and be professional, you know. And Iconelli has not always done the best of jobs uh, when it comes to that. But in his type of profession, you, you, you kind of, you know, as a competitor, any of you who could have competed in sports or, you know, maybe bass fishing tournaments or whatever it is that you've competed against, you have to kind of have that rough, ragged edge to be successful a lot of times. Uh, have that self-confidence. Have that, that passion that you're going you're gonna to be vocal about what you believe in. You know, and in my opinion, Mike Iaconelli has always been that type of guy, and I respect that. Um, you know, you may not, and you may think it's, it's annoying and, and he's a, he's a piece of shit or whatever it may be, you know, your opinion of him. But I have always respected him for that. And we went down to Toledo Bend, you know, when, when they were having the Bassmaster Elite Series tournaments on Toledo Bend, we made that an event that we went to every time they would come to, to Manny and go to Toledo Bend. Um, we, we, we have a good friend of ours who has a camp up at Toledo Bend. We'd go spend, you know, the weekend up there. We'd stay up there with those guys. We would watch the, the Elite Series tournament. Uh, and the last time that we went, I'm going to tell you why I became an even bigger fan of Mike Iaconelli. Um, the way it was set up was when the guys would come off the stage, they had a, uh, a, a set of stairs that would come down off the stage, and they kind of funneled behind a couple of uh, you know metal gates, <clears throat> separating the, the anglers from the, uh, the fans that were watching the weigh-in. And, you know, these guys, you got to you gotta admit, they're coming off the water. They've been fishing all day. They were up at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. They're exhausted, these guys. But so 
several of these guys would get off the stage and they'd walk through, try to get to their boat as quickly as possible. And they would get in their boat, put it on the trailer, and they were going to the to the um, you know to the hotel to try to fish the next day if they made the cut, or some of them had to hit the road to head to the next elite event. Um, but a lot of kids were up against those wrought iron fences. They were hollering at them. They were trying to get their autographs, all these anglers' autographs, you know, the KVDs, um, all these, all these, their heroes that I talked about, you know. And when Mike Iconelli came off of the stage. Not only did he sign a couple of autographs for these children and these fans that were trying to get autographs for him, but he was the only angler that day that I saw literally open the gate, come into the crowd at Toledo Bend under the pavilion. If you've ever been to the weigh-in at Toledo Bend at, at, at the state park at, right there, um, it's a very nice facility. He, he opened the gate, came across, came into the crowd where everybody was, all these kids ran up to him, these teenagers, um, just fans, you know, ran up to him and asked for, were, were hollering at him, you know, not hollering impolitely, but just fired up to, to have him come into the crowd, asking him for autographs, wanted to shake his hand, introduce themselves. You even saw a lot of grownups come up with their kids. They were wanting to meet him, you know, and literally guys for at least an hour and a half to two hours. And I'm not bullshitting you when I say this. Until the very last person asked for an autograph of Mike Iaconelli, he literally stayed there just exhausted. I could see it on his face and signed every autograph that a person asked for that afternoon after he got off the water and had fished. And he made the cut. So he wasn't, you know, packing up to leave because his event was over. He had made the cut. He was going to continue fishing the next day. But he took the time to greet every fan that came up to him, was very polite, posed for pictures, and talked to every kid that wanted to talk to him at that Bassmaster Elite Series event on Toledo Band. And I was there watching it till the end. And I saw when he finally shook the last hand, signed an autograph for a child, and said, thank y'all, thank you for all the support. And he turned around, he walked away, kind of nodded, headed over to his boat and went and put his boat on the trailer and, and pulled out. And I have to tell you, when I saw that and I experienced that firsthand for myself, I was an even more bigger fan of Mike Ica Michael Iaconella. And, you know, since then, he's become good friends with my buddy Cliff Crochet, who fishes professionally. He's come down to Louisiana. He has a lot of love for Louisiana. And those of you who follow the sport, you might not know this, but Mike Iaconella actually has a daughter that – Comes to college here in Louisiana at LSU. She is enrolled at LSU. Mike Iaconelli came down year before last, before the whole COVID-19 thing. He was in Tiger Stadium. Come watch a football game. So he's he, he has Louisiana roots, guys. He You hear him talk about Louisiana. He talks very well of Louisiana. He loves the culture here. He loves the people. He loves the food. And he loves the fisheries because he's had a lot of success down here in Louisiana. So I know I got a little bit off subject, but I, I wanted to share that story with you guys. I hope you enjoy that story uh, because he really, in my opinion, is a great guy. He, he, he showed me his true character um, and all those stories that I had heard negative about him. You know what? Some of them could have been true, but people could have had experiences with him on a bad day. We all have bad days. And he may have showed sides to those people of himself that weren't exactly pleasant.
But I can tell you that a good-hearted person who truly cares about the sport, cares about their fans, and just cares about individuals and engaging and showing other individuals who want to show them attention the respect to give them the attention that is owed back to him, he was that guy. And I've been a huge fan of, of Michael Iaconella ever since then, even more than I was before. So, but guys, you know, a lot, like I said, has been going on local level with the fishing, but national level, we got a lot to be proud of as Louisiana Angles. A lot of guys out there competing right now on both circuits, MLF and Bassmaster Elite Series. So if you love fishing as much as we do, which you're an outdoorsman, you probably do, uh, follow those guys. Go check them out. Jump on their, their social media pages. Show them some support. I promise you they will appreciate it uh, because they are giving us as a state some love. And that's a, that's a great thing in my opinion. So, guys, I hope you all enjoyed this week's show. I know we went a little over on time this week, but I hope some of these stories you guys really enjoy. And until next time, as always, this is Jacob with Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast. Guys, we'll see y'all again next week, and we'll talk outdoors with y'all again. Y'all take care this week. Have a good evening.